0: We get a new wardrobe. We get a new closet full of clothes. And God is inviting us to put these things on, to be clothed in Christ and to live out this awesome life that he has purchased for us, that he has given to us as a gift. Hello friends and welcome. Thanks so much for listening. That singing is from a church out in Maasai land in Kenya in the Great Rift Valley. Got to go there a couple weeks ago. It was an incredible trip. Made some great new friends and I was really, really blessed to get to spend some time out there. And then I got back here and went to Oklahoma City, Colorado Springs, and now back in South Lake, Texas. And it's been a great time. I've had some really awesome times with the Lord. And I'm sure I'll be sharing some of that as the podcast goes on. But uh, if you want to see any pictures from the trip to Kenya, you can check out my Instagram. I put some videos up there. It was just amazing, incredible. And um, yeah, I was really blessed to get to go out there. My Instagram is d 6 up in the mix. So if you want to see those, you can check that out. Today, I'd like to talk about the idea of letting God dress us. In Galatians 3.27, it says, For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. And this is a metaphor that we see throughout the New Testament. In Colossians 3.12, it says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. In 1 Peter 5.5, it says, Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility, Toward one another. And Ephesians chapter 4, we hear Paul exhorting us to put on the new self. He uses the same language in Colossians chapter 3, verse 10. And in Ephesians 6, it talks about the spiritual armor of God that we put on the breastplate of righteousness, and we put on the shoes of the gospel of peace. First Thessalonians 5 8 uses the same language to put on the breastplate of faith and love and the helmet. Of the hope of salvation. And we see the opposite in uh, Psalm 73 6. It talks about the wicked that clothe themselves with violence. And this theme goes back even to Genesis. One of the most tender moments in Scripture, I think, is Genesis chapter 3, verse 21, where after Adam and Eve have rebelled against God, they've sinned, they've disobeyed Him, it says that the Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. And I just think that's one of the most tender moments and, and just such a, a picture of God's kindness. That here are his creation made in his image to bear his image and to uh, wield his authority, his dominion on the earth. They've rebelled against him. They don't want to do it with him. They want to be independent. And yet he's still showing them kindness and he takes off their uh Kind of makeshift garments they had made garments for themselves out of leaves, and he puts on these garments made of skin, which were unquestionably you know more comfortable than the garments made of leaves, and um, just a picture of god's kindness and god's goodness and Now, in the new covenant, God also offers us these garments to clothe ourselves in that we can be clothed in Christ, we can be clothed in God's love and compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. And so, I don't know if you ever step into your closet and ask the Lord, Lord, what should I wear today? But if that's uh, you know a practice that you have, if we were to step into our closet and say, Lord, what should I wear? God might direct us to something in our closet, but the truth is that he's limited to the set of options that we have provided him with to choose from. So uh, in Psalm seventy-eight forty-one in the King James Version, it says, They turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. And I know sometimes we don't like to think of the idea that we could ever limit God, but the truth is we do it all the time. Uh, basically, whenever we sin, whenever we don't walk in faith, we're limiting God and we're not allowing Is grace to have its full effect in our lives. In Acts chapter 7, Stephen is giving his speech to the Jewish people there in Jerusalem. And in verse 51, he says, You stiff necked people, your hearts and ears are still uncircumcised. You were just like your ancestors. You always resist the Holy Spirit. And so, uh, you know, if they were capable of it, so are we. We can resist the Holy Spirit, we can quench the Holy Spirit. And um, we can limit God. But back to our illustration of stepping into our closet. (laughs) If we step into our proverbial closet and we ask God, you know, what should I wear today? He's limited to the options that we have given him. But if we go shopping, and when we're going shopping, we say, God, what store do you want me to go to? And what clothes do you want me to buy? Then slowly, our closet becomes filled with options that he has picked out for us and when we walk into our closet to get dressed then the options that we're choosing from when we dress ourselves are more in line with God's desires for us now i'm i'm speaking entirely metaphorically though i do think you know if you want to take it literally and you want to let god pick out your clothes i say go for it i think god is as willing to be involved in our lives as we are willing to allow him to be so he will take as much space as we willingly yield to him. But I'm still speaking metaphorically because this is kind of what renewing our mind is like. Uh, In Romans 12, 2, it says to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In Ephesians 4, 23, it says to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. And so when we first come into faith and we're beginning our journey of following Jesus, maybe we do well just not to kick the cat that crosses our path and to not push down old ladies in the crosswalk. But as our mind is renewed, and as we realize, oh, God wants me to be kind, uh, Proverbs 12.10 says that the righteous has regard for the life of his beast. So uh, God even wants me to be kind to animals, and we realize that God is kind in all of his works, says Psalm 145.17. So we become more in line with God and we realize oh God wants me to serve other people Galatians 5:13 says to serve one another humbly in love because that's what Jesus was like Jesus did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many and so we begin to have these thoughts that are foreign to us at first perhaps because they're not the way that we've been living we realize oh God wants me to be generous God wants me to give money away God wants me to you know do something kind for someone else, or God wants me to share the gospel with this person. Maybe if we're naturally more introverted, going up to a stranger and talking to them about Jesus is extremely awkward and extremely difficult, but we realize, oh, these are new options that God is giving me, and not only is God giving me this option that I can think this way, I can have this new thought, he is also giving me the ability to act on it. So Philippians 2:13 says it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. So God will give us these ideas, these new thoughts, these new clothing options if you will to act on. And then he'll give us the grace to act these out. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 11 and 12 says To this end, we always pray for you that God may make you worthy of his calling and may fulfill every resolve for good and every good work of faith by his power. So God puts these thoughts in us and then he gives us the power to fulfill them. And one of the best ways to renew our minds and to discover kind of this new proverbial wardrobe, this new way of thinking, to discover these new thoughts is to learn those thoughts by being around other believers. Hebrews 10.25 says that we shouldn't give up meeting together, but we should keep on encouraging one another and all the more as we see the day approaching. Now, personally, I can't even count the number of times that I've seen another believer doing something amazing, and then I think, I want to do that. Of course. Like, yes. Why haven't I been doing that my whole life? That is awesome. I want to... I. I want to imitate that. I want to do that. And so, I mean, that's just happened for me all the time. You know, you see someone being kind to people or someone gives someone a gift or, you know, our family devotions came. You know, you would think that everyone should just have family devotions. But I heard about um, a, a gentleman who was at work and he was telling me about his prayer time with his kids. And I thought, of course, Of course, I should be praying every night with my kids and having worship time every night with my kids, but I wasn't before he told me about it. And then I incorporated that into my life. And, you know, the first time I saw people praying for strangers or asking someone at a checkout line in the grocery store, Hey, is there anything I can pray for you about? You know, I'm a Christian. I believe that God answers prayer. Those were like radical, radical things for me, but I was really drawn to them and I was really. Taken aback, and I wanted to incorporate those things that I saw in other people's lives. The way I saw other people following Jesus, I wanted to incorporate those things into my own life. And it was like I was slowly replacing the clothes in my closet and slowly having these new set of thoughts, this new set of options to choose from. And, uh, you know, I didn't even know those were options before, but then you discover, wow. I've got this whole new set of options. This whole new way of of being in life, and that is how our thinking becomes transformed, and our our minds become renewed. And that's what repentance is—to to change the way we think in such a way that our mind is transformed. And then, when our mind is transformed, our behavior and the rest of our life follows. You know, for me, another great source of discovering kind of this new set of clothes, this new wardrobe of options, is spiritual biographies. This past week in Colorado Springs, I was with my parents and we watched a spiritual biography on St. Patrick that was done by the the drive-through history guys on TBN. And TBN had this show called Inexplicable that was talking about the spread of the gospel around the world. And the episode we watched was on Hudson Taylor. And it was so encouraging and you see these people and how they followed Jesus and how radical they were. And it just opens up my mind to realize like, wow, I didn't even know you could be that radical. I didn't even know like there's a whole other level of radical that hadn't even entered my mind. And when I see someone else doing it, when I see someone else living that life, it just opens up my mind and it gives me this whole new set of thought options and talking about having our, our closet or our mind kind of as a closet where we go to dress ourselves, and I can begin to dress myself in these other options, these other ways of following Jesus, and it's awesome. Now, I do probably need to say this, that for many, many years, uh, continuing even to this day, I would feel condemned when I looked at other believers who were radically following Jesus, and I would feel guilty about that. And so I think it's really important that we root ourselves, that we be rooted and grounded in God's love for us and the sufficiency of the cross. That when we look at other believers' lives, it's not about comparing ourselves to them. It's not about trying to improve ourselves so that we can be more significant in God's kingdom or, or more special to God. We have to realize that God is as pleased with us as he's ever going to be because of the finished work of Jesus Christ and that our sufficiency before God comes from being clothed with Jesus Christ. It doesn't come from being more radical for Jesus. It doesn't come from being more sold out for Jesus. It doesn't come from having our minds more renewed. Having our minds more renewed is our joy. It's our privilege because it allows us to inherit more of his kingdom. It allows us to experience more of his reign. It allows more of our day-to-day moments to be kissed by his presence and for us to enjoy his presence in the moment. But his heart toward us is always the same, and it's secured by Jesus Christ and I've talked about that a lot on this podcast but Hebrews says that Christ is the guarantor of our covenant. So when you go to pay a bill and the company wants to know, "Hey, if you don't pay this bill, who's going to guarantee it?" Well, our covenant with God is not guaranteed by our ability to renew our minds or how radical we may live for God. Our covenant, our relationship with God is guaranteed by the finished work of Jesus Christ. And that should really free us to be encouraged by our brothers and sisters in Christ and free us to be encouraged by the cloud of witnesses, by the people who have already gone before us, who live these radical lives. We don't have to be condemned when we look at their lives. We don't have to compare ourselves and feel like, oh, I just am never going to measure up. No, that's not the point. We are sufficient before God because of Jesus. So my righteousness is the same righteousness that Hudson Taylor has. My righteousness before God is the same righteousness that St. Patrick has or Mother Teresa has or any other believer has because my righteousness is the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And so when we get comfortable in that, when we get free in that, then we can be encouraged by other believers and we can take things from the lives of other believers and we can incorporate them into our lives, not because we're trying to become more sufficient before God. And we're, we're having this competition to see, you know, like the disciples were having to see who could be the greatest. We're not having a competition with one another. We're just living out of the love and acceptance that God has shown us in Christ Jesus. And we're surrendering our hearts to be ruled over by Jesus Christ, and we're opening up our minds to be transformed, to be changed, so that we can think more like Jesus thinks, and we can live in a greater expression and experience of his rule and his reign. So that's really important to understand, that we you know, we don't want to read spiritual biographies or be around other believers and, and feel condemned because we don't measure up to them. No, we want to let their lives encourage us and realize our sufficiency Is Jesus Christ. We are sufficient before God and we can embrace these things. We can get ideas and encouragement from other believers, where Hebrews talks about, you know, spur one another on to love and to good deeds. Think of ways to encourage each other and we can be encouraged in our experience of God's kingdom in our midst. And so, returning once again to our metaphor of a closet full of clothes, as we replace our thoughts with kingdom thoughts, as we replace the thoughts that we have received from the world, the flesh, and the devil with the thoughts that we're receiving from God, with the thoughts that we're gleaning from the lives of other believers, then slowly the options in my proverbial, my metaphorical closet become in line with the options that God is inviting me Clothe myself with. Now, that's the other thing I noticed as we looked at all those verses. The exhortation is to clothe yourself. So, God has made the provision, and it's up to us to fill our closet, to renew our mind, and then to clothe ourselves, to put on the new man, to put on love, compassion, kindness, gentleness, patience. Paul said that we're being transformed from one degree of glory to another. So Lord willing as we're all growing and we're becoming more and more like Jesus we get a new closet uh, a closet full of new clothes new ideas of ways to serve God and and ways to serve people and you know maybe it's to to go start an orphanage or maybe it's to go and, and and preach the gospel or maybe it's to give away money or who knows but we you know we can be inspired by the lives of other believers and as we incorporate those the holy spirit might even open something up you know, that nobody else has ever done, and this is the Holy Spirit speaking to to us individually and saying, you know, here's this special garment that I prepared for you, and I want you to put this on, and I want you to go clothe yourselves in love and, and do this for this person or serve this person in this way. And in some ways, it's kind of like, uh, you know, another illustration might be in music when you learn a new chord shape on the piano or on the guitar. You know, maybe you had only heard major chords and then you hear a minor chord or maybe you had only heard major and minor chords and then you hear a seventh chord or maybe you had only heard major minor and seventh and then you hear a major seventh and it's like whoa I didn't even know that that was like that was even an option it's like this whole other color palette that you can create with and you can you can use and you can express yourself with and it's like wow I don't have to react in anger I don't have to live in selfishness and be completely self-absorbed. I can be forgiving. I can show mercy. I can walk in love. I can have the power of the Holy Spirit guiding my life to be able to treat people the way that Christ has treated me. I can lay hands on the sick and see them recover. I can pray for other people. I can share the gospel with other people. I can stop what I'm doing and go and serve someone else. It's like this whole new thought set that gives us a whole new palette to create in life and to shape our lives according to the pattern of Jesus Christ. We get a new wardrobe. We get a new closet full of clothes. And God is inviting us to put these things on to be clothed in Christ and to live out this awesome life that he has purchased for us, that he has given to us as a gift. Thanks so much for listening. God bless you. So this past week, I received a letter, like an actual paper letter. I know, you know, most people don't do that anymore, but I was so encouraged by this letter. And in it, the person wrote, Thank you for showing me how great God's love is, because I never would have realized it. And you know, I believe that God would have revealed his love to this person one way or another. But what an honor to be the vessel that God used to show this individual how good he is and how much... He loves them. And so if this podcast has been a blessing to you, I would encourage you to take your favorite episode and just forward it to a few friends and say, hey, this has blessed me. Maybe it'll bless you. And I'd really appreciate that. And I'm just trying to be proactive and share the goodness of God. And I just want my life to be about that. just being about helping people realize how good God is and how much he loves them. And so if, uh, if you want to help me grow the podcast, And as much as I can, I want to keep my heart pure. Not about me, but just about helping people encounter God and encounter the gospel of the kingdom of God. Thanks so much. God bless you. Begotten Son, of all your awesome deeds, you saved your enemies and won our salvation. God, you're beautiful, you're so beautiful, seraphim cry.